Welcome in, welcome in. Hello, everyone. This is Run It Back, and we are back after a, what a two-month hiatus. My goodness, my gracious. For that, I apologize. And you know, it be like that sometimes because I'll tell you what, grad school got hands. They got hands. They absolutely got hands. And that wonderful voice you hear may be a familiar voice to many. It is the one and only Paxton Gordon in the building here tonight. Joining me, taking the spot of Garrett, who we'll hope to see back in the studio. We miss you, Garrett, if you are listening. We miss you in these streets, homes. Uh, but y'all y'all know why I'm here, though. Pat <laughs> yeah, Paxton, you, no, you I know, know why, why I'm we, here. Oh, I know why we're here. I don't and, even need um, to worry about why we're here. <laughs> And uh, I, I'm like, for real, like, we gonna probably just gonna have to jump right into this because I I know y'all miss me. I, I miss y'all. I thought y'all we were gonna wait for for sure. Um, but I can't wait anymore, Paxton. We can't wait anymore. No, right, no, right, I can't. Right, I can't right, wait right, anymore. Right. But for those who don't know, um, Dallas Cowboys played yesterday the San Francisco 49ers in the wild card game. You know. One of five games this past weekend, I'll have you know. But if you <laughs> watched anything on ESPN or Fox Sports, you would have thought that game was the only game that went on. because Troy Aikman thought it was the only game that was on all day. Of course, it's Troy Aikman. No one listens to what that cornball of a man woof, has to say. Woof. But, okay, I'm just going to say it. We Get lost. It. Lost. We <sighs> we we lost. And you, I know y'all probably remember this, but... It's uh, the sad Naruto music again that's supposed to be coming up here. And there's just so much that I can no longer handle. Oh. I, there's, gosh, see, I'm so messed up right now that this music is not even playing and I don't even know why. So it's just going to be one of those days. And why not? Because it's fitting. Because these Dallas Cowboys, I swear, no one knows how to beat them but them. Because I tell you what, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't beat us. Kyle Shanahan didn't beat us. The only person not a Dallas Cowboy that beat us was Debo Samuel. That's it. (laughs) I tell you what, man, this was the biggest, most disappointing failure from top to bottom. From Jerry Jones to the practice squad players, I swear. I just... You just... Everybody, everyone's at fault. I hate everybody. Mm -hmm. I, I... I I hate everybody. I just this is this is what I think is the beginning of my villain origin story was last night. Because now I want I want all everybody to feel the pain that I have felt. Suffer as I have suffered. Uh, I want every, all 31 teams I you will feel it one way or another. Pain will come. It may not be tomorrow, it may not be next season, but Everyone will feel pain, and I will not feel sorry for it. I, I mean, I'm a Broncos fan, so there's there's pain all the time, you know. I know, but see, you've already is, felt the but pain. But you weren't you weren't in the playoffs, though. You had no chance. No offense, I'm sorry. And yeah, I'm you okay. felt the pain. I don't feel sorry for your I pain. I felt the pain for five years. Not, so, not yeah, one no. bit. I felt so the pain five years. I'm happy about that. Before I'd be like, you know, it's okay. Y'all still got a chance. Maybe you'll get Aaron Rodgers. But now I don't care. Oh. Feel pain. Okay. All in the other thirty teams can also feel pain because I just don't care anymore. You feel me? No, I feel you. Nothing. You know, I feel you. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. What I say, it's gonna be rambling. It's probably not gonna make sense. It may be all over the place, but dagnabbit, I don't care. If you got a problem with it, hit me up on my Twitter at Jays with it too, because I had to make a new one that is J A Y S W I T I T the number two at me, and then I could say. I don't care. You listened anyway. But I just, I like I said, I, I hate everybody. Mm-hmm. No one. Let it out. Just let it out. Nothing is work because this team is so talented, you know? Oh, yeah. There's, Number one offense in the league, essentially. I, that don't mean a damn thing anymore, yep. man. Yep, 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 yep. Because yep. what was put out on that field Yesterday afternoon, I already had a rough day. I was kind of driving back home from Texas. Mm-hmm. My GPS was making me mad. The people mm-hmm. on the road was making me mad. My mm-hmm. car started doing some stupid stuff the mm-hmm. past couple months. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? At least I'll be home in time to watch the Cowboys win. <laughs> I 
I said that to myself. Be like, I have something to look forward to. You didn't even to. knock on the wood. You didn't knock on any wood. I there was oh. no wood. You jinxed it. I no, I did it because did. they've done. They've actually done this all season. <laughs> if you weren't a trash booty team, Whoa. this is this is the exact performance that they have given you five times. Okay, okay, now, okay, now we're pushing the little dramatic are we? button. You are, are we? because the NFC East is it, the NFC East, and we should have been smacking the heck out the of them, NFC which we do. But least. anyone outside of the NFC East. We barely did a thing. And Congrats, we got wins on the Chargers and the New England <clears throat> Patriots, but everybody else, even your Broncos, they almost the same offensive performance, man. There are two points that I will bring up to you to, I wouldn't say dissuade your argument, but maybe shed a little light on the failures of this team. And it's not really, in my opinion, falling amongst the players there, there's one player though that I think it does fall amongst the others. Issues that this team has displayed this year comes down to one man and one man only, and that is one Michael McCarthy. Because how can you, as a quote unquote, I want to call him offensive genius, because I don't yeah. really know how much of a genius he's been when you've been handed Brett Favre and. Aaron Rodgers most of your life as a head coach in the NFL. But he's he's an offensive mind. Granted, he's not picking up the play calling duties as much anymore, because that's a that's a Kellen Moore thing. But the rest of your football team falls upon yourself. Execution, decisive play, not not decisive play calling, but fundamentals, effort a drive, a passion, that falls on a head coach. And for the last four or five years now, we have found Mike McCarthy to be inept at head coaching responsibilities. And Jerry Jones should have noticed that in the last couple years of his Green Bay experience. We definitely saw it this year as well as last year. How can a team that is so gifted offensively has... A outstanding wide receiver core, Mari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup before he went down with that injury. You got Dalton Schoen, who should be appreciated as an up-and-coming potential tight end talent if he keeps healthy. Ezekiel Elliott, we'll get to him. Tony Pollard, and then of course the main, the main on the main entree as Dak Prescott as your quarterback. You are. One game out of being 500. Actually, no, you are 500 now as a record. 18 and 18 overall is what I last saw. How can you be 18 and 18 with this ensemble cast? How how is that possible? You can't blame it on the players. Except for Ezekiel. Again, I'll get there. You can't blame it on these guys when you are being handicapped by your head coach. Another great example. Look at Denver. Denver's got a, in my opinion, an actual really good roster of talented players, the highest paid defense, the number one scoring defense in the league, an okay offense. But they got, for these last year, handicapped by its coaching. You could clearly see it on the field. Terrible challenges. The inability of time management whenever presented the opportunity. I'm looking exactly at what I saw last night, and I looked... Not at the players for not giving it their all, but I'm looking right at Michael McCarthy's un, well not un, but inability to adjust, to get this team motivated to play a lesser opponent, might I add you. We cannot sit here and say that the Niners were a top-tier talent or a talent that should be described in the same realm as the Cowboys, and they yet poo-poo the bed. And another player, the only player I'll ever blame in this whole facade, is going to be Ezekiel Elliott. It's another it's another strong case of, this is why you don't take a running back in the top five, because look around the rest of the league. All of the rest of the picks that were surrounded by Ezekiel Elliott, they're doing better. They're in their prime of their careers, still rolling. Ezekiel Elliott burnt out of gas. He had less than 40 yards. 40 yards are running. You see, that's where I have to disagree with you, though, oh. because they only ran the ball 16 times when it's supposed to be our strength. Okay, at the, especially at the beginning of the season, you have that one-two punch with 
uh, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And of course, he brings more to the table. They both bring more to the table than just rushing. Tony Pollard, his pass catching ability. Zeke, when he's not rushing, have you seen his pass protection? It is mwah, chef's kiss. He even took out two blockers or like two pass rushers yesterday that gave time to give Dak a third down throw a big third down throw and that's something that he's been able to do pretty much his entire time in Dallas but I can't fully blame him because there's only two people two Cowboys that I thought played well yesterday that is Micah Parsons and that is Zach Martin literally everyone else the other 20 players that have touched the field it was just a poo poo performance I hated it. There's like, you guys are so much better than this. My God, you are soft. You are baby dookie soft when it comes to teams who are not in the NFC East or just flat out suck, okay? You have all this talent. You have all this, all that. There's no reason because I'm going to take Dak over Jimmy G or or uh, Derek Carr or Mac Jones or some of the – or. A, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, I'm still going to take Dak. And there's a lot of guys on this Cowboys roster that other teams would love to have. Okay, so there is absolutely no reason that they have these kind of performances against good teams like this. And shoot, even the 49ers, I'm not, they're not that great. Shoot, I remember crapping on them earlier in the season because they had the worst secondary in the NFL. And I still think they do, but we didn't exploit that in the right way because – Sometimes we just kept this gunslinger mentality or just some like misdirection thing that Kellen Moore kind of got caught up in, especially when it worked so well early in the season. You can't just do that every week and to hope things get successful. We tried some cute trickery stuff yesterday that ended up being stupid when Cedric Wilson was supposed to flip the backwards pass to Tony Pollard. Yeah, it would have worked. But what are the two plays before that that didn't have to set that up so when it happened and it didn't work, it just didn't look stupid, okay? It's just, there's just no excuse for any of this to absolutely happen. And it, and see, we have clips today. Gosh, I really hope they will work for you guys because I was playing the sad Naruto music this whole time and I don't think it really set the mood about how depressed I've been for the past 24 hours. But there is this video that I will show, or it's not video because it's radio, uh, about Dallas coaching from Get Up this morning. So please work. And won't you look at that? It's not working. It's out to get you today. Apparent, you know what? It's fitting. It's very fitting. Because why not? First show back in two months. Nothing works. Cowboys <laughs> lose. That's the only game that went on yesterday, apparently, because I didn't know that the see the Bengals won their first playoff game in 31 years after beating the Raiders, especially on a call with a phantom whistle or no phantom whistle, however you want to interpret that. No, if you didn't watch it, you didn't know because you knew about the Dallas Cowboys losing to the 49ers in awful booty dookie fashion in a play that shouldn't even been a play because it was 16, no, 14 seconds left. They had every chance to win this game. I applaud our defense for doing the best they could. They gave Dak the ball back twice under two minutes, if I am not mistaken. And what was the result from this whole offense? It was nothing. It was nothing. It came down 14 seconds, a QB draw, no timeouts. Why are you running a QB okay. draw? Whoa, okay, I okay, see, okay, I don't okay. like that play. He could have easily okay. threw it to Noah Brown, who was already in the middle of the field, right where Dak slid. What was the point if he was already right there? Throw the ball. You have some more seconds. He gives the ball to the ref because that was the whole debate in these other clips that apparently is now working today. You know, pat on my back, whatever. That, that Dak doesn't know to give the ball to the ref because he, he's, quarterbacks are usually not in that situation to where no timeouts, you slide, clock keeps running, you give the ball to the ref, they spot the ball, and that was that whole debacle where they're trying to snap the ball because I, I can't even blame the refs for this, this part of the game because I already knew they was going to be on some dumb stuff when the first play of the game was an offsides penalty on Dallas when clearly it was a false start. Trent Williams was false starting the entire first half, but they never called it. But I'm like, you know what? Okay, this is what we on. Fine. But then there's the other of the 14 penalties. Oh, God, we got to get to that, too. I'm just... Okay, I'm, I'm going to calm down. Counterpoints. I'm, I'm starting to sweat. I got you. I'm I got you. So, I, just... I actually do not hate the quarterback draw. Now, I understand the the idea of 
throwing it to Noah Brown. I get it. Okay, yeah, he was open. There was also two random linemen down the field. What the heck's going on down there at the same time? But, counterpoint, this play call is actually really smart. And I still am going to boil this down to another coaching issue in terms of discipline and not knowing what you're supposed to do in this situation. I felt like this game as a whole just encapsulated to Mike McCarthy's inability to get a team prepped and readied for an opponent in a playoff matchup, as well as just teach the basics. And yes, the refs were on some stuff, but at the same time, discipline is also needs to be brought into question when you're doing 14 penalties in a whole game. But I don't hate the quarterback draw for the main reason of the... Niners were playing a version of a defense called the picket fence. Um, it's it's You don't really see it much because the standard, the stock standard, is just three deep safeties in the end zone. Hope to God they don't throw a touchdown pass on a Hail Mary. The picket fence idea is you have your secondary and linebackers playing the sidelines. Yeah, so five, five yards um, pass the line of scrimmage, then five yards after that, so it would be five yards, five, ten, fifteen, there is a player on the sideline. And the reason to do this is you want to stop the clock, okay? So you're going to force a team to throw it down the middle and, and, could, and eat up clock. And I, again, don't hate the idea of the quarterback draw because, in theory, if... The execution and the preparation in terms of knowing what to do in this situation, Mike McCarthy and his staff were able to communicate better. This play would have been genius because there's nobody, nobody within 15 yards of Dak Prescott. That man got into territory and would have had a perfect opportunity to get this game tied and go into overtime. You see, I would agree with this, but there was the reason that that, that play happened that we also didn't have enough time because one, because the ref was pretty much nowhere to be seen. There, he was not. I don't think he was trying to sprint. He was so far away. That's the problem and with so, my refs too. They don't they, really they have any. So far, there was mm-hmm. no because he, he, he was the, had to be the only ref to touch that ball and to spot that mm-hmm. ball because that is his job. job. That is his. They responsibility. have no urgency. I think that's my one problem sometimes with officials is they they need to know also in this situation. Yo, we gotta hurry it up. I know that the Cowboys didn't really push the tempo to get to the line with nine seconds left. Like, we can sit there and say, oh, nine seconds is nine seconds. That's that's still a short amount of time. That's actually a lot more than so what some other teams have played in in situations like these. So the, it's, it's, a, it's a half and half, but I understand the situation of the officials sometimes need to pick the pace up themselves because this is we're getting to the wire here, and I know you, you know he's got to touch the ball. He's got to touch the ball because if they don't, the play's not even going to start. You're not even allowed to take the snap. So both sides really got to hurry up here. And both sides get the partial blame. But I still I still believe, I love the way, I just think the quarterback draw was great. The play calling was not the issue. It was just the execution after that, like with the Steelers game with Chase Claypool, yeah. time and clock. You got to know that you're going to be under a certain amount of time. You got to get rocking and rolling. No lollygaggling around like I saw some players doing, just meandering up to the line. You got to get set, and then, yeah, whenever the ref touches the football would be also be kindly because I was losing 15 years of my life watching that man waddle across the field at a measurely pace. And it's just like, because I know I cannot blame the refs really for us crapping the bed in this game. Of course. For a good... For a good portion, a lot of calls or a lot of non-calls, sure, and there was a lot of calls that why the heck did we do that? There was no reason for us to do that, things like that. But, like, when it becomes with that last play because that's what everyone is really talking about because it was dramatic. It was foolish. It was like, what's going on? I, I My chest still hurts from it because I think I have now severe heartburn. But that's what that's whatever. But the whole thing is, like, with the refs, like, they're like I was saying, like you have to go and hand the ball to the ref. And of course, Dak, he's not used to being in that situation. Normally it's a receiver or a running back or a tight end when it comes to like, okay, get up, hand the ball to the center, and the center hands the ball to the ref or whatever. But then you have Dak, a quarterback, probably not used to being in those situations at all. And you have a second year center who's probably never been really much in that hurry in that type of hurry up offense before. I don't So it's see, just it's I, so because I'm not a fan of that call because Noah Brown was already opening the spot it, it where was. Dak slid. But, but again, so that would have saved you at maybe, maybe five seconds. It would have, but again, at the same time, 50-50, maybe could have dropped the ball. I don't know. But I still Stop think 
uh, yes, but I still think this whole debate on handing the ball to the ref is a little dumb because I understand, you know, there is a thought that maybe Dak never really did know to hand the ball to the ref, but, like, Dak's run the ball so many times in his career. There are so many opportunities that people have he's observed that what do they do immediately after they get the football? Hand it to the ref. Right to the ref. And I understand the time. Maybe in the heat of the moment, he yeah, the thought. Urgency yeah, it. maybe the urgency, he kind of got a little lost, and he was like, next play, I, next I'm going to next play, hand it to the center. He'll get it all set, and then the ref will touch it, and then we'll be good to go. But I just think that is a mental error because I highly doubt Dak, if somebody asked him, did you know that you need to give the ball to the ref for him to spot it? I know he's going to say, yes. yeah, that's what you normally do because every, every NFL player should know that. And again, it's just a heat of the moment thing. He knows maybe he got a little more clock ran off than he was expecting. And again, that can fall down to maybe he didn't see Noah Brown. Maybe it was a pass play that turned into he oh, needed was to a, run. It was a QB draw the was whole Was it all way. the way? Yeah, okay. the way. But like, I still think, again, it just boils down to execution more than play calling. Because with, with what the defense was giving him, and the way that it was set up, I wouldn't. I am not. And the way that I see Dak Prescott move, it wouldn't shock me if if I was given that play call over and over again. I would still like it. It's just again, it falls on the inability to execute in high pressure situations, which is a thing that a coach should be drilling you for. What's the point of practicing a two minute drill in practice day, week in and week out? If when you're finally needed to do a two-minute drill, you screw it up. Like, that doesn't fall on. Yeah, it depends on how it plays out in that two minutes. If it's an interception, yeah, that's on the players. But with the way that it just felt certain things were driving in this, in this possession, the inability for Mike McCarthy to somehow drive home the point of, we're here in this time, in these last couple of seconds, get something and clock it, I think falls more on this him on the sword than, than anybody else. And the whole season as a whole, I think, boils down to the little small issues that have turned into bigger gaping holes with Mike McCarthy than originally thought. Yes, because this all comes down to preparation. Because yep. we've, this, yep. I, like I've yep. said, yep. Yep. our other losses have come to just seems like poor preparation. Like they're just playing soft. Like I yep. don't know what what y'all playing down thought. your comp. Why are you playing down your competition? Yeah, or like you and surprise, you got hit in the mouth early, and now what, what are you gonna do? And that's exactly what happened yesterday. But as far as like the preparation and then the play calling, because this wasn't just that last play, because there was another moment yesterday to where we had a successful fake punt. It was a great play, great play call by John Fossil. Good execution by the players. And then what do they do next? They leave the punting unit on the field. And, of course, the 49ers still has their defense on the field, and they're in this weird, funky-looking formation trying to get the 49ers, I guess, panic and call a timeout. And then they're just the – John Foss and the coaching staff are holding, like, the offense, like, on the sidelines, like, hey, don't go anywhere, don't go anywhere. And then 15 seconds left on the left on the play clock, then they run the offense out there, and then the ref holds them up, and then it's a delay of game, and it's a 1-15. A penalty right after such a good yeah, fake play. punt. Neg- negating, negating that play. Negate, pretty much negating. I mean, great, we have another opportunity to go score. I don't even remember if we did. We either punted it again or we got three points out of it, whatever. But that's something so stupid. Why? Because I was watching. I was sitting on my couch like, why are they still out there? I was like, did it not work? And like, no, that's not it because it still says it says first and ten. So I'm like, bro, because my first thought was, what was it? It, what, it was like the Colts and maybe uh, the New England Patriots so many years ago. It's where oh, it was with some that weird, weird punt formation where they're yeah. trying to get the other team to call a timeout, but they snapped the ball and ended up just being so darn stupid. Yeah. That's what was going <laughs> through my mind. I was like, one, please do not snap the ball. Two, what are you doing? Why is the offense not out there? You should hurry up because our best time is when we use a hurry-up offense. That's when I think we are at our best is a hurry-up offense, especially the defense doesn't have time to substitute their gas. I think that's when we're at our best, especially when our offense was in kind of a slump for the past, I don't know, maybe four or five weeks. That's something that really helped us out. But they didn't do – I'm like, what's the, the preparation? Like I said, from top 
to bottom. From Jerry Jones building the stadium over a decade ago, and there's still no way to block the damn sun. Okay. <laughs> or still or, that, or hit in the top or of the... Hit that, or hit the big old jumbo screen. <laughs> which is funny because actually, surprisingly enough, that does not happen a lot. I know. It really doesn't. It, I thought it would happen more than it normally does. You but like, think it would? It doesn't really... It's really, really, really <laughs> actually few and far between. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I'm not having that big of a deal about it because you get to replay the down. You get to replay the kick. Okay, everybody, okay, fine, whatever. It doesn't change the game really any. Uh, but then you have the sun, which it's it's been – the sun has has not changed position since 2009. We know that. And I always see it. It's like I'm surprised it's not more of a factor. But, of course – you know, the football guys are like, today we going to make a that a factor. <laughs> Why don't we? Because, gosh, no one can see. I, I say this every time there's a game. In between those sunset hours or whatever, I'm like, this just seems really annoying. And I'm like, I didn't, but I didn't think we would lose from it because this has not changed since 2009. Okay, but, but yesterday, just be like, nope, no one can see. <laughs> no clouds, no shade, no curtains, no nothing. Everyone's get screwed up by it, especially – Cedric Wilson on a big third down trying to convert a third down. It's just – and then, of course, still the preparation on the part of the players. Like I said, only people I thought did good was Micah Parsons and Zach Mar- – like, yeah, Zach Martin. That's – everyone sucked. That entire left side of well, our offensive think, line. You didn't think Dalton Schoen had a good game? I mean, there was just – there was I mean, there's some – but, like, I thought was he was – blocks. Yeah, but I He's think – He's not – he can't block. I think overall, though, I think he was a bright spot in this game. But, again, as you said, it boils down to – it's just like – it's just like Jason Garrett all over again. You know, Jerry Jones – Jerry yeah. Jones goes for comfort in terms of his coaching hires over a risk. When I mean a risk, I mean taking somebody who's not a already well-established head coach in Mike McCarthy. He wants a yes man. That's that's true, and, and you know that just falls now then down onto ego, and we know that for a while that it's it's all about ego with Jerry Jones. He needs to be the buck stop. It stops right here with me, and I like that in the sense because like the owner's paying for like man, he don't care. He's going for a W. I like that in an owner. You're gonna pay as much money to get to a W, get a new stadium, bring the attention to you. The Dallas Cowboys are always being talked about. Love it, but at the same time, you need to learn like. This don't work all the time. As a, as a Denver Broncos fan, I am happy now that we are finally moving into an era where I don't have to sit and question our coaching hires or what's the ownership going to look like. We're selling this offseason. We're getting a new head coach. We're forward-thinking as of right now. We're not going to fall on to the old trusted, you know, era of old head coaches that, you know, have been here for millennia and they should know everything and few and far in between. I think for Jerry Jones, the best hire for his football team is Dan Quinn. 100%. I think it's Dan Quinn. And the reason that I think it's Dan Quinn is because Dan Quinn is not a coordinator guy. And what I mean by a coordinator guy is Vic Fangio is a coordinator head coach. All he cares about is the defense, and he just lets the offense do whatever it wants. Okay? How'd that go this year? That went absolutely terrible. The defense, number one scoring defense. It was great. Good defense. The offense, one God's green earth my wall. I'm clawing my eyes out every single day. I'm my God, it's like screeching claws against a chalkboard. And what does Dan Quinn offer? Dan Quinn in his his seasons, I think his five seasons with the Falcons, had a top ten offense every single year as a defensive coordinator with three separate offensive coordinators. Now that, and then you could say, well, that's Matt Ryan effect. Yeah, okay, that, that doesn't affect. But he did it with Steve Sarkeesian. He found Kyle Shanahan. He also found, I forgot what his name was, their recent, um, before he left, their other offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, I, 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 I can't call it. Dan Quinn name, but I know can about, find yeah. offensive coordinator talent. He can establish a strong offense. He cares about the offensive side of the ball, even as a defensive-minded guy. His special teams have been very good. Yeah, the Falcons in the last couple of years were bad, but I blame a lot of that on drafting and injury issues. They kind of fell off the rails because everything just kind of crumbled in terms of their injuries. But Dan Quinn offers something that I think needs should be recognized more, and I would be okay with if he was hired as a Denver Broncos head coach. He cares about the team. He cares about every facet of this football team. He's not a guy that's focusing solely on one aspect. 
He's focusing on the fundamentals, these time management situations, the two-minute drill. How's the offense doing? Are they prepped for this week? How about the special teams? He's dibbling and he's dabbling every single way that you look where Mike McCarthy just seems like all he cares about is how's this offense looking, you know? I don't see and his, his interviews just don't seem like the type of guy who really cares what the defense looks like because it's Dan Quinn, you know, he let him do his thing, he's going to do his thing, we're just going to, and then it's going to come together for a football team. Dan Quinn would bring the football team together itself and put it culturally back on track with what needs to be done. And the only reason he will not get hired as the Dallas Cowboys head coach is because he has the gall to say no to Jerry Jones. He knows what's best for this football team. Jerry Jones knows what's best for this football team. At some point, there's going to be a crossroads. And I think Dan Quinn, being the established head coach that he probably he is, would stand up to Jerry Jones. And the fact that that could happen might scare Jerry away and, and take the maybe irrational decision to make Kellen Moore the head coach. Even though I like Kellen Moore, I just don't know if he's ready yet. Yeah, I don't think he's ready. And that's always been Jerry Jones's issue. I've been saying this for years. I mean, this man is not going to leave this earth until he he gets a Super Bowl, let alone retire. And I think he's just gotten in his – he's done some great things as a GM. Like, we got Zeke, we got Dab. We did a great job CD drafting. CD Lamb. CD Lamb. We did a great job drafting Van a lot Rash, of these guys. Michael Parsons. Take, take out taking Taco Charlton over TJ Watt. Just take out that little nugget. Take out that little nugget. And then – we, he's done like a good job, but as far as coaching, like there, like there was no reason for us to be stuck with Jason Garrett for ten years. Yeah. There was no reason for that to happen. <laughs> there were so many times where we might have a top ten offense and top ten defense, but we would be barely at five hundred, and there is no excuse. And coaching for that. gaps. That's you had, not you had on the coaching players. Coaching gaps in yep. just so many areas, uh-huh. and the whole thing. Like I feel like that's what because I don't want Mike McCarthy gone necessarily because I don't I don't see a better option really. Oh, I do. I, I see I a lot of Oh, I see oh, better options, I just stated especially a, when you need right away. Oh, I already I already found the better option. It's Dan Quinn. And it's like here's, I, I don't trust him. As I, do. I, I want I, do. I want him to stay I want as you, defensive coordinator. I want you to I, That's where I want him to I want Jerry true. Jones to throw the dang sink at that man mm-hmm. all full of money to keep him as the defensive coordinator. If Kellen Moore is gone, okay, so be it. But if Dan Quinn can somehow stay and be the defensive coordinator, he already says he's having like the best time that he's had in years being the defensive coordinator with the Cowboys. And you have what people thought was just no talent on the defensive side of the ball last year turned out to be, oh, okay, it was just really that Mike Nolan was trash and should never have an NFL job again. (laughs) What he did within one season to what they looked like last year and to what they looked like this year and the players that they have, especially with Micah Parsons turning out to be the God-sent child that he is, was a defensive player of the year candidate as a rookie. And then you have just – there's just so much talent on that defensive side of the ball. Like, how could you not be enticed to stay at least, a co- like, maybe one or two more seasons? I honestly find it sometimes hard to believe that it, – and, and it's not a dig, but, like, people want Mike McCarthy still. I don't – I think that is the worst decision – somebody could ever make. And I and I understand Dan Quinn saying, you know, I'm the happiest I've ever been as defensive coordinator. Par- perfect. Love it. You know, great to hear it. Homie, you ain't in the NFL to be a defensive coordinator. You can't tell me with a straight face and a million dollars that you, if you were given the head coaching opportunity of the Dallas Cowboys, that you'd be like, yeah, nah, I'll just be a defensive coordinator. That does not seem, what's the purpose of you being in the NFL then? I, and, and, yeah, maybe it's because he's getting older and he wants to be more relaxed. But, like, homie, what's the point of you taking all these head coaching interviews then? Huh? What's the point of you going, you know, having the Denver Broncos come to Dallas tomorrow to interview you? What's the point of that then? You're going to go take an interview and be like, yeah, nah, I'll well, stick there. Ultimately, that's still kind of, like, up to him because if he gets accepted, he has to accept the job because, heck, he even denied – he didn't want – like, he denied uh, the Jaguars' request – well, but that's because that, well, that's the because Jaguars. the Jaguars. But I mean, you can't say there's nothing really enticing about the Jaguars. It was just, I mean, like, Trevor, Trevor Urban Meyer was uh, just well, the worst decision. Let's, let's be real here. I think Dan Quinn. I, I actually think if he took the Jaguars' job, he'd be that team would be very good in a, in a quick turnaround because Trevor Lawrence is really good. And I again, I followed Dan Quinn because when I'm looking through the coaching hires for Denver, um, I did a lot of the research. Dan Quinn just feels like such a perfect fit for so many football teams and it it doesn't shock me that he's getting so many interviews because 
He's not, again, he's not a singular one-dimensional head coach who focuses in on one aspect of this football team to get better. He's a culture guy. He's a leader. I know broad terms, leader, culture guy, you know, spewed around for a millennia now. But he just gets it. He's found countless offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator in his tenure with the Atlanta Falcons to keep them alive. Yeah, the defense took a hit in his last year, his last two years, but Dan Quinn is more than just defense and and get going. He gets what a, a great football coach needs to be in the NFL. He He's not going to be like Mike McCarthy who rests on the namesake of Mike McCarthy to progress this football team. Let's be real here. Mike McCarthy is only the head coach of this team because, one, he will say yes to anything Jerry Jones says, and he was carried by Aaron Rodgers for a decade. You can't tell me otherwise that Aaron Rodgers was not the main winner of this relationship, okay? So, Dan Quinn should be your immediate hire. I get it. Kellen Moore could then go somewhere else, you know, and that could be a big loss. But with the track record that I have physically seen through analytics and my own personal eye, I wouldn't be worried as a Cowboys fan if Kellen Moore leaves because Dan Quinn has a knack for finding young, exciting offensive coordinators that have a good track record in the NFL in getting head coaching hires and being relatively successful. Kyle Shanahan, again, going to the Super Bowl. Many playoff appearances. Steve Sarkeesian in his time, yes, was in the NFL for one year and then went back to college, but in that one-year spell, probably could have gotten a better NFL gig somewhere else. You see, that's going to be just the biggest question because right now, from what Jerry Jones has said and what all the media people with the Dallas Cowboys have said, there's not going to be a head coach change it's another at mistake. least anytime it's a big, soon. That's a big mistake. That's, I, But like I said, I'm not – because. I'm not necessarily mad at it. There's so there are plenty of things that everyone can fix because yesterday's performance there were some issues. Yes, there have been clock management issues throughout the year, especially early in the season with okay. Mike McCarthy. So there's so many things that can be fixed, but I still like oh, because it's can? not because it's probably not going to be Dan Quinn to take that job. It's more likely that <sighs> Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn are not going to be with the Cowboys next year. But now we need to see. Now my big idea is what is what is Mike McCarthy going to do? How are him and Jerry Jones, even though I know they're going to work this out, who are they going to get to make sure there's no dip Nobody. in this team? Because this, this, is, I, this, is, like, this is not a great way to end the season by any means. No. But I think this was a pretty good season, especially where they were last year and the year before that. There is so much talent on this team that anyone could be like licking their lips to probably take that job. It's just the only question is Jerry Jones. How this is this man, he's a hands-on owner slash GM. That's the only worry because there. I think there's a lot of good guys for uh, coordinator positions. I'm not sold on head coaching positions right now, but we don't have to worry about that at the moment. It's just who is going to take the job of Dan Quinn to keep this defense rolling because this defense now has got some talent. There's room to grow for a good portion of the, especially the young players. There's a oh, bunch of young players on that defense, and there's a bunch of good players on this offense that can really, they can all elevate their game in some way, form, and fashion. I've already solved your issue, and it's so easy. You ready for this? Give it to okay, me. so, yes, Kellen Moore will, if, between the two, if Jerry Jones fires, which I think he should, do you want five more years of Jason Garrett 2.0? Do you honestly? Answer. You do not. I, I know. I you. need to see. I need to see another elevation of change. We saw the elevation of change from last season, from this season. Now I want to see I, it to next. Season. It's gonna. I want to. I want to see if it's if it's elevates or if it just stays flat. Then or if it if it lowers or stays flat. Yeah, you need you need to cut cut your losses. Get him gone. Try to find somebody else. And I think that's because the being a head coach of the Dallas Cowboys probably the most one of the most enticing jobs ever. So I just that's what I need to see. I need to see next season because there's you cannot get lower, okay? But there's so much room to get hired after a 12 and five season. I I would cut the losses now because you wait longer. Guess what's next year? Guess what could be happening next year? All those coaches that this year who are on the market have a great year next year. They ain't going anywhere with their new team. You know, you have a lot of great potential candidates on the market right now for many different positions. Okay, the worst mistake I think it, I, I want to say the worst mistake, if hypothetically in my world, if Michael, if Mike McCarthy was fired, 
it would probably be Kellen Moore. Only because uh. Jerry Jones is afraid that he would lose the one aspect of this team that was that that gave some life. You know, the defense was good. I'm not going to step away from the defense, mm. but let's be real here. You put two you put Dan Quinn Kellen Moore together and you look at their trajectories, where in Jerry's mind would you think would be the more which would higher would you think he'd choose? He would definitely choose Kellen Moore. Of course, yes. Because he's, you know, he's the homegrown. There you go. Uh-huh. You know, started from there the bottom, go. now we're uh-huh. here type of deal. And Jerry loves those type of stories. Dallas Cowboy die hard, been the backup quarterback. Actually, went. yeah, I think he was a backup quarterback. He went to school sprint. in Texas, I think. No, he no, went he to Boise. He went to Boise. Yeah, I mean, I think high, high school. Yeah, but he's not, whatever Texas, it was. You know, he's yeah. a Texas guy. He's a Dallas guy for life, as Jerry would say. It would be him. Here you go. You ready for this? You hire Dan Quinn. Super easy. You literally just hire him right now. You just give him a promotion. Kellen Moore stays where he goes. You know, you give him a pay raise. Jerry Jones can do that. Jerry Jones could give him a pay raise to match head coaching offers. I wouldn't doubt it if he did that. You hire Vic Fangio, who is probably going back to a defensive coordinator position. You know who had a great. Hate it. You know who had a great defense this year. Vic Fangio. You know who was calling the plays last year for Denver as defensive coordinator. Vic Fangio. You know who has crafted the scheme. To limit Patrick Mahomes over these last couple of years, Vic Fangio. So, you hire Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn cares more about the overall performance of the team than either offense or defense. Vic Fangio can do what he does on defense, specifically what he wants to do with it. Absolutely demolish teams. And then you either keep Kellen Moore or you go out and hire another young, exciting offensive mind, which Dan Quinn, again, I'm going to keep repeating it, has a track record of showing. Dan Quinn is best known for sometimes hiring the right offensive mind. He's done it three times in his stint with the Falcons. Three to use a perfect three for three. He can do it. And you know what then fixes every single issue that we just talked about? Right there. Right then and there. Jerry can make this happen. He's got the money. You can't sit there and complain like Denver does that they don't have an owner so they have no financial backing to get some of these top-tier guys. You got the money now. You're the Cowboys. You got the roster. You got the stadium. You got the fan base. You got money. It's so easy. I can do this. If I you gave me this offer right now, you make Kellen Moore the highest-paid offensive coordinator ever. You make Dan Quinn your head coach. You hire Vic Fangio. There's a Super Bowl team right then and there. All the holes that we've been talking about, discipline, coaching, time management, challenges, you know, defensive play calling, fixed right then and there. Boom. Your team's already better. I see. And it's I so see easy. exactly where you're saying, like. It's so easy. But we know that Jerry's not going to oh, do no, this. Oh, no, he's not going to do it. I know he's not going like, to do this it. Man, <laughs> this man will get in his own way so many times. And that's what sucks there, so much because it's a, so easy. There's, I don't know, there's a hex on this team some way and somehow. It's not talent. <laughs> it's like, Den- it's like it's, Denver. Denver has cursed for the next millennia because John Elway sold his soul in Peyton Manning's body for the Super Bowl. The The Cowboys have done the opposite. They've sold their coaching soul Jimmy for – Jimmy Johnson. They sold – you know, it pretty much started with Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Johnson, when Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson got into their little kerfluffle, that was Jimmy Johnson putting the, putting the voodoo doll with the, with a knife through it for every coaching hire after that point. Because after Jimmy Johnson, Trash. what is going, like, yeah, what's Trash. going on here, Chief? So, it's so, again, I say it's so simple because it is so simple. I literally crafted it up myself. There are no restrictions to stopping the Dallas Cowboys, the most popular, probably the most popular team in the NFL, from doing this. They're not a small market. They're not a team that's worried about their financial backing. They're not a team that's lacking the fan base or the prestige. The fact that I can do this, sitting here, leaning back in my chair with my feet up, have no issue with it, and be analytically and previous experience backed up. I don't know why Jerry Jones hasn't done this already. It's because how we're going to all look at this, this next offseason is going to be absolutely detrimental. Like, let's go ahead and assume that Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore is not going to be there, okay? We've gotten that well, out the way. I think one of them has to stay. Well, one of them staying. One staying. I would love for at least one to I stay, think if it's, but I need to pre- be prepared that both of them are gone. I think Kellen Moore stays only because Jerry's just so afraid for him to gone. 
Like, Jerry Jones would, would obviously make him the highest-paid coordinator for, for him sure. to stay or force him into a, a head coaching role just to keep him. But, again, that's the problem. It, the worst-case scenario is they actually are both gone. That's worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario. And then we Best case, they're all back. And that's a slim margin. I actually think it's more likely both are gone than both stay. Because Dan Quinn, again, as you said, he said he's happy. He's the happiest he's ever been. There are teams out there that he probably would love to coach. You know, if you gave him this Denver roster, I bet you he'd take that job in a heartbeat. Okay? It would, and then Kellen Moore at the same time, I don't know what his. I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's ready either, but like. If you're given a head coaching opportunity, you know you're going to take it, right? He's more, yeah, he's more than likely going to take it. They're, if they're like, you're number one, like you're the number one, we we'll give you the you. job right now, I think it's hard to say. I probably wouldn't even, I'd probably say yes, you know? But, and I don't know what his aspirations are if he truly is, wants to stay with the Cowboys. And, and if Jerry, like with Josh McDaniels, like when Bill's gone, it's your show. I, I think Jerry's probably going to do that. But I, again, think it's highly more likely that both are gone than both are staying. Exactly, and that's what makes it so detrimental because not only is there maybe a dramatic change in coaching staff, there may be <laughs> except some for, changes. Except for the head coach. Except, except for, for the McCarthy. head coach. You know, head <laughs> At coach, that point. Head coach going to stay, <laughs> special teams coach. John Fassel, I think he did an excellent job this year, despite Greg Zerline being one of the weakest players on the team. But that's neither here or there. But things that we need to focus on is there are a couple of players going into free agency that's going It's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. You, you, there may be a chance that Michael Gallup played his last game after he tore his ACL. Uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. You paying him that money? I shoot. I, I, yes, uh, I would. I don't know. Because I, Michael Gallup, he, he. What's he asking? Is the question. My I, only that question. We don't know. They, if that's he's between him, his agent, if, and yeah, Jerry. If he's asking like around ten mil, like the Tim Patrick deal that Denver signed, three years, thirty mil, I'd be okay with it. But again, the problem is, I just hate Ezekiel Elliott. Not like at his current contract value. I don't hate him as a player. I hate for his current contract value. The dude should be like doing what Derrick Henry's doing out there. He should be he should be getting 2000 yards a year. Cuz if you're paying him that much for him to carry the ball for 2.6 yards against the Niners, but I still can't because the the offensive he, oh, line play oh, okay, did, you, did you watch that offensive I did, line but yesterday? Tony it was Pollard trash. they Tony, were getting towed up by a four man Front but, without Joey Bosa. But, Do you feel but, me? You know how awful that is? We need to invest in another left tackle because I love Tyron Smith, but gosh, that man <laughs> can't play a whole season and he looked mm-hmm. not great yesterday. Then we need a new left guard because, Con- what is it, Connor Williams, he was trash. He got another holding call. He was just getting toe up. And then we have our center, who's a second-year player, which I think he'll get better. But that entire left side was just getting blown up all yesterday. And that was part of the reason. Like, why are you getting absolutely demolished by dudes you don't really know the name of, really? There's no Joey Bosa. What is your excuse for being trash? But Tony Pollard, in significantly less carries, did more with his reps than Ezekiel did. But that's also part of injury as well. He, he, he announced yesterday yes, he had after the game. Partially torn, partially torn PCL. PCL. But he should have been rested in the middle of the season and then given yes. it to Tony Pollard. Because I'm fine with the two-back system because it works for a couple other teams just fine. And it just works for them as well. think you got to get rid of Ezekiel at this point. Can't. The amount of cap hit that is affecting this team. He already took a pay cut. He did, but he's got a fully guaranteed contract next year. So actually, who really is the loser in this situation? You guys are next year because this year was another good example of why you should not draft a uh, running back in the first round and pay him as much money as you did because there have been countless cases of one undrafted rookie running backs in the league doing more with what they have been given in a less better situation and doing more with it. Tony Pollard who should get a starting job somewhere. I don't know why the hell he wants to stay in Dallas. He is, he has, in many games, averaged more yards per carry than Ezekiel Elliott did in less carries. He has shown that he, for cheaper, can do what Zeke does, but better. And you save money. And then you can bring Michael Gallup in. And then you can bring in another left tackle. And you can bring in some more pieces around the offensive edge. It really falls into need a new head coach you desperately need I do not think you need to stick with Mike McCarthy any longer because you're just getting you're just getting Jason Garrett all over again and then Ezekiel Elliott needs a goal because you don't need cap relief but it's a waste it is such a waste right now to have Ezekiel Elliott on your roster with the way he's been performing 
and how injury-prone he's become. That's mic drop. Boop. That was his only injury. He has not been injury-prone except for when he t- partially tore his PCL this past season. My point still stands. Okay, Mr. Injury-prone. But Boop. it's still— Not the injury-prone, but the, but the inability to, to actually run the football effectively— Really, ever since a certain season Bro, dropped them. If I could just play the darn, darn clip from Jeff Saturday to say that he was talking about Zeke and the offensive line, that it's not all on Zeke. If I could just play it, but of course things don't like to play. When I'm really, I told I told all my family, I'm like, hey guys, I'm coming back. Please listen to this, and nothing works. But that's whatever. There's three minutes left in our show. It'll be ending in three minutes. And I'm sorry, we've talked about the Cowboys this entire time. How about like Josh I Allen? Said, like everybody else, it, you you would have thought that was the only game that went on, but it wasn't. <laughs> That's true. Quickly around the NFL, how about Josh Allen? Josh Allen, man, I think— Chiefs should be scared. You I should think be the Chiefs terrified. Should, even though the Chiefs scored—even though Patrick Mahomes scored, like, four touchdowns in 10 minutes and 53 seconds, which is the fastest ever since, like, Tom Brady did it in 25 minutes, this, this, this Bills team, Josh Allen, lighting up— a, a Bill, Bill Belichick, Belichick defense. Yeah, and it's Bill Belichick's defense this year has been like world beating, but like it's still good. It was a it was a darn but good. But the defense. way that they just blitzed, bl- absolutely blitzed the Patriots all throughout the game. Because if you look at the Chiefs game, that first quarter to first half was like a whoo. Yeah. Yeah, that's something. You're like, all righty. And then yeah, then they blew them out in the end. But you got the Steelers, Steelers. Patriots, Patriots, what's the better team here? Exactly. I would be a little more concerned for the Chiefs next week. And then tonight's game, Rams, um, Cardinals, I have no clue. That's Honestly, a I have no because clue. breaking news happened. J.J. Watt is expected to play in with this his bionic game. shoulder. With his bionic shoulder. I did not My know God. how bad that injury <laughs> was until I heard it on TV before I came here. Torn labrum. Half, uh, basically, he had hit. no shoulder. He had no shoulder. Literally, every ligament that holds... Your arm and your like body together. It was gone. It was, gone. <laughs> it was absolutely gone. They said he wouldn't be back to make a recovery in like what five to six months, and he's already about to be playing tonight. That's insane. So that's huge for the Cardinals. But once again, they will not have DeAndre Hopkins for tonight. I don't really know how Cliff Cliff Kingsbury's team's going to react in a playoff situation. I still don't believe in Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. Me neither. I I mean like everything clicked this year. Maybe not because of him, but just how. <laughs> Bill O'Brien just gave a guy, <laughs> a team, DeAndre Hopkins for free. But I just don't believe in Cliff Kingsbury until I see it. If I see it tonight against Sean McVay, I'll have a little more faith. But overall, still not, still not, still yeah, not it's, involved. It's not great. But gosh, that's been the end of our show. Thank you so much. Please tune in back at Wildcat 91.9 for running back next Monday. We'll be talking about more things. Thank you guys very, very much. I would play my outro, but you know, stuff ain't working. So appreciate y'all for tuning in. We have to put a temporary stop to the bops to stay informed with NBC News here on Wildcat 91.9. Funded in part by SGA.